You are listening almost live to the All College Football Podcast. I am your host, as always, Wes Hammonds, joined in studio by my tag team duo, Paxton Biggs and Trent Pollard. Bare knuckle Biggs. How you doing, people? You're listening and watching... Almost live. live, almost live. Yeah, recording for the first time. Everyone turn to our recorded audience. Hey, how's it going? Shout out. The recorded, hit the applause. Oh. We, it's an in-studio audience. No, not the booze, not that's the rolling. opposite. There we go. Hey, woo! Uh, so for the first time ever, we are recording the All College Football Podcast here in studio, and we'll be working out the kinks of that in the coming weeks to provide you the best listening and viewing experience man has to offer everybody's doing it nowadays everyone's doing it. audio video it's what the kids are doing and we're putting trent in charge of it trent you feel how about this you feel optimistic it's just more shit to do so try 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 to temper your your excitement there hold it back don't don't scare everyone off i did a small podcast like last year paxton came you came on a few times and i had this bad habit (laughs) of like turning and looking at the camera and talking Mm mm-hmm I need to get away from that. I need to ignore ignore you. The this, listener, the viewer. The li- they're they're garbage. <laughs> we don't care about them. Uh-huh. And focus on this. Yeah, clearly. Instead of hitting the boo button. Yeah. And I need to pull those sounds. Uh, <laughs> Trent's got enough oh, going on. By over the way, here. we should mention at the top, uh the camera shuts off after thirty minutes of recording due to yeah. tax embargoes and purposes so, that so, I'm not really yeah. sure about. So the, the government, the man, so the man. At, due to we're the man. at 25 minutes on the timer. In 25 minutes, I'm going to have to get up and restart the camera. But it'll just <laughs> be part of the podcast. We'll, we'll, we'll The video feed won't it. be interrupted, but the audio. Just so everyone well, it won't, at it'll home. It'll be edited and cut. And it'll right. Be fine. Yeah, we'll yeah, figure it out. You're not going to know. Whatever. Through, through the magic of behind-the-scenes tomfoolery, you'll never know. Uh, we thank you for tuning in to episode number nine of the All College Football Podcast. After a wild week, college football, may, maybe the best you know week of college football I can remember um, in quite yeah, some time. It with was all, wild. And, and that even actually carried over. I know Trent's not an NFL fan. Pax and I are. It carried over to the NFL on Sunday of just pandemonium. Of, really? Uh, overtime games. Of, there was one game. Uh, I don't know if you saw this. You were uh, storm chasing on Sunday. There was one game that uh, went down to the wire, had a chance for the uh, field goal kicker to kick oh, to win yeah. the game, miss, and you're at, like, you know, the 45-yard line, 40-yard line, whatever. There's 10, 12 seconds left. The other team gets it, hits, like, a 20-yard completion. They get in field goal range. Oh, Their shit. kicker kicks one at the buzzer. Misses. No, miss. <laughs> we go to overtime. Did it uh, end in a tie? It didn't end no, no, in a tie. No. The team that missed the first field goal that would have you know potentially won the game they get the ball first they drive down field goal miss the other team gets the ball back field goal miss and you're just watching this you're like what the hell is happening um and there was actually like it, it was just all day sunday of uh field goal kickers missing potentially game winning game field. uh the one i'm referencing is green bay and cincinnati really um and it was just i mean it was an electric weekend of college football and even carried over into last night monday um with a wild comeback by the baltimore ravens um into overtime and yeah it was really just an electric three days of football so we've got a lot to recap here um obviously we will end the show the same way we would do every week with our week seven picks against the spread yours truly the host wes hammonds still in the lead of course what what'd you do last week how'd you how'd you four and two 
I went five and one. Oh, good for you. Paxton is still, (laughs) you know, the dumbest person in the office. Still the worst record in the office. Uh, We will play Hammond's trivia, of course. Uh, We will recap all of the action we talked about from a wild Saturday. It's two eleven on a Tuesday. Two eleven. We're recording. We're doing this in in the office studio. That was the the, yeah. That was the first thing that I wanted to address here. How does it feel? I mean, this is this is we're we're working on uh, well, on, Pollard Media on itself, company time right. Pollard here. Media itself you. is taking a loss during yeah. this time period. I, I will say that I have mixed emotions about employing you guys to to podcast to around. <laughs> <laughs> to I mean, to, to, but, I mean, to talk about contract, college football. So. About to say you your signature. No, you're no, this is part of paycheck. my yeah. dream. So right, I love this. No, we're working on company time right here, and I'm we're having to a good time. A, to my story, I'm and, take a picture of the camera. Yeah, no, it's a good setup. We are literally podcasting right now, and you're trying to post your story? No, he's trying to get some content here. I appreciate that, Paxson, as a social media so developer. So he's still technically working. He's It's all work, Paxson. It's all mm-hmm. relative. Uh, but, yeah, it, it, it's 2 o'clock in the afternoon. We are recording podcast on company time. We're just having a great time here. And you guys even said, not really company time, but I mean, just, you know, the, uh, the freedom that we have here at PMC after the show, you two gentlemen are going to, we're going hunting. You're going hunting, right? It's fall hunting season. Tell yeah, me, we'll be done with this at about three 30 and we're pretty much going to leave straight for the woods and going out to the woods. That's right. And for the un, you know, cultured, uncivilized swine like myself, the uninitiated. Who, yeah. Who, who don't hunt. What what are we, I, I have no idea what we're even hunting right now, uh, mainly snails. So we go out there and we'll we'll hunt down some snails. <laughs> carry a bottle of salt with us. And okay, then we we sprinkle them. You on find the them and just you salt exactly. them. Yeah. Have you ever had snail? Uh, no. It's a delicacy. Have you? It's an Oklahoma oyster. <laughs> is what I'll call Oklahoma it. oyster. They're they're fantastic. Uh, in in between the the hunting of snail, any any other large animals we're gonna be hunting? I mean, deer occasionally. Gotcha. Like, occasionally Last night, hunt deer. I had seven or eight coyotes, like legitimately twenty thirty yards from my back porch. Out they in were, that field. They were so loud. I was sitting on the back porch smoking a cigar. Gracie, my German Shepherd, was sitting. She was just kind of like growling and gurgling. She was real uncomfortable with it. I was about to get up to go in and get my spotlight. She didn't like when you smoke. She, she no, exactly. It, yeah. I was going to get my spotlight. By the time I was getting out of my chair, Tay comes outside, and she's like, what is going on? Because it was so loud. Yeah. Like they were all yipping and shit, like right in the pasture. And she brings me my light, and I put my light out there, and you could just see eyes like all yeah. out there. Yeah. What was Gracie going to do? Well, Taylor, when Taylor walked out there, Gracie got really uncomfortable. And she, like, sat on Taylor's feet, like, trying to protect her. Like, when she was out there That's with cute. me, she was uncomfortable. Yeah, and she didn't yeah, like yeah, it. Yeah. The moment Taylor walked out, you could tell she was, like, Got defensive. she felt this responsibility <laughs> to, like, protect Tay. It was kind of neat. But, yeah, we had a shit ton of coyotes just right out back. So, coyotes were hunting were hunting deer. You actually killed last weekend a, a, a boar, right? A yeah, pig? big old hog. I don't know. Big old hog? Big old hog. Big old hog. <laughs> yeah. I drew back, like, 20 yards, mm-hmm. smoked him. You know who else killed Whee! a big old hog? <laughs> the old Miss Rebel. Nah, we're gonna talk about that later, yeah. Paxton Biggs. Don't get. Oh my <laughs> that was god! Perfect. Uh, you 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 know I talked about uh, yesterday. Um, the size of this hog that you killed three four hundred pounds maybe. Up, his back was like waist high. Okay. I don't know. I'm, I don't believe it. I got to tell you, I dude, you said that, and I was like, oh, that's cool. Dude, you just it. let he it go was. and you didn't say anything. I, I literally <laughs> used to guide hunts for a hog hunting place. Uh-huh. I don't think you realize how big a maybe not. Pound hog I've never. Is. Well, you, he asked me weight. I don't know what weight is. I know his back was like waist high, like he was comparable to a small deer. Now I will say that Trent one time thought 
he uh, shot at a bear or a wolf. <laughs> a bear. We were we were out hunting at a lease we had near Wilberton, and uh, Trent said, "Holy shit! I just saw a wolf." <laughs> now, if you're familiar with the wildlife in Oklahoma, Oklahoma known for wolves does not have wolves. Oh, there oh, is oh. not a single wolf in the state of Oklahoma. The so opposite. here's the okay. deal, and he shot it while it was on the run, missed it. How fast can wolves run? I said, I said, are you sure no. it was a wolf? He said, I don't know what it was. Here's how, here's how miscon- like, let okay. me defend myself. No, okay. I can't defend myself. No, you can't. Sit over there and be quiet. How, how, how fast are wolves? How fast they run? I don't know, 30, 40 miles an hour maybe? So I mean, a fairly quick moving target. Yes. Okay. Here's so the odds of him hitting one. I thought it could have been a deer. The odds of him hitting one in Oklahoma <laughs> on the run. It was pretty maybe slim. Chupacabra has been known <laughs> to be in the mountains. Here's of how misconstrued that's gotten. One. I didn't shoot at anything. Never shot at this animal. He didn't Don't, fire the weapon? We heard some gunshots. Okay. Don't know what he's talking about there. <laughs> Two, I, uh, I saw a coyote. He was a big coyote, and he, was like, he had like gray on his back. And, and so we all, like hunting, we were all out there. We mm-hmm. had like a group text. And so I texted, and I was like, I just saw a wolf. Not being that serious, and they're like, they took me too fucking hard. Oh, okay. So, so like, now it's on so, us. For uh, him saying he saw right, a right, wolf right. in the mountains of Wilberton, he's now putting it on us that we're the ones that are well, delusional. I didn't, I didn't think they would actually believe that I truly think I saw a wolf in southeast Oklahoma. Hey, Wes. That's a little absurd. I saw a wolf yesterday. Do you well, believe me? Yes. Yeah, exactly. Because I was being serious. Why would he lie? He's a good person. Yeah. Unless, you know, your sole initiative on earth was just fuck with people, then, you know, maybe the story huh, does make a little true. bit of sense over here. Um, I do have a question for you. You're telling talking about these coyotes or wolves that were behind it's your house in the, in the pasture. Yeah, yeah, next to the school. Actually, it was a werewolf. It was a werewolf. Okay, good. Um, I shot him, but by the time I got to him, he turned into my neighbor's dog. Let's... <laughs> <laughs> Let's say the the coyotes, wolves, whatever, had, you know, they can jump, right? I assume to to wolves? some wolves. Co- coyotes, yeah, I mean, sure, yeah, yeah they sure. can jump to some extent, sure. right? Sure. Let's say one of them jumped your fence at your house. Okay? Oh, I thought you were going to segue no, 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 into no. the topics. We no, were no, 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 because I'm curious about this now. I'm always looking for your segues. Me too. You'll like, know when you see them. Some of them are bad. You know, <laughs> coyotes can jump. Now, let's jump into <laughs> yeah. our next topic. That wouldn't, that wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> Mine are better than that. So, uh, let's say one of them jumps the fence into your yard. Was it last night you said? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and let's say, I know listeners at home, viewers at home, Trent has many weaponry to choose from at the house. Let's say for some reason you don't, right? Okay. You can't get to any. What, 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 what do you do? What's your game plan there as it's in the yard now, like, I guess, approaching you? What, what, what's, what do you do? Go. Go get some treats. Run inside. Well, you can't get inside. You, you have got to now uh, uh, face this thing. You're going to have to combat it. What do you do? I don't know. Well, I, I know. I'm putting you in the situation. Answer it. Do my I damn this. Here's, here's what I'm doing. Wolf, uh, a wolf, as Trent would call it, sure. or a coyote jumps uh-huh. into my backyard. Yes. And you're face-to-face with it. My and, man, and, what do you call me week to week? It's Bare Knuckle Biggs. Bare Knuckle I'm Biggs. ready to go. Let's go. These look. I don't know what to call them. What should I call them? Bear and Knuckles? Bear and Knuckles. There Biggs. you go. So, I'm beating the shit out of a coyote. Okay, so that was really kind of the premise <laughs> of my question is, if it comes down to it, it's you versus the coyote. You have no weaponry. Are you escaping alive? 
A coyote? Yeah, coyote. Yeah. A wolf? Oh, yeah. No. Oh, yeah. A, a coyote. No. Yeah, 100%. I'm choking a coyote out. For okay. Sure. So, that brings me to this. Age-old question. I think we may have had this discussion before. I wanted the people at home to kind of hear. What is the biggest animal you could kill? How big Bare-handed? are you? Yes. How, how big with, are you? With, how big a boy are you? <laughs> <laughs> Without weaponry, right? How big of an... What's the biggest animal you could kill? I could kill like a baby bear. <laughs> I could. How kill big a, of a bear? Like how, how big of a baby? I could kill a deer. How big? No, you. With your not. bare hands? Yeah. I don't think you could. How like, big? Really don't think. Okay, you could. so again, I'm no, not a hunter. Like a I'm, buck. Put me in a round pen with a. Uh, yeah. Whatever. A deer is stomping your ass. <laughs> out, right? you, you think he'll kill me? Dude, deer are strong as fuck. Well, I mean, I believe it, but how? Okay, again, how, how powerful I, are your fists? Like, maybe you could gu- gouge its eyes out and stuff. Like, if it's, I mean, I'm not gonna like knuckle up yeah, and box true. it. I, I'm gonna. <laughs> deer's like, let's. I'm go. gonna choke it out. Like, I'm gonna try to get on its back and just choke it. Yeah, out. I guess like maybe intelligence comes into. into That's what I'm saying. There. Like, where where's the? So I mean, like, I think I could kill a deer. Like, it was life or death. How do you think death? I hunt snails, bro? Yeah, exactly. So that's like, kind of my thing. Like, where, where's the, where's that line at, right? So if a, a puppy, if a puppy came up to me and I, I wanted it dead, I'd grab it and I'd just, and I would, eventually it would stop. Yeah, I would punch like, that I, puppy. You yeah, and everything. Yeah, and it would, it would die, right? There's no, no way it's beating me. I would drown that dog. Yeah, Thompson girl, and uh, and it would be dead. But uh, a bear, like a black bear, is no, there any chance? No, there's hell no, no chance. Okay, it is so. Hell no. It is scratching your face <laughs> off your so, body. So black bear, you're dead. You're dying. Little, could, little puppy, you, you man, can drown it. Choke I think, it, and I, think I could take a cougar. <laughs> There's now, cougar in the car. Now hear me out. All right, that's false. I could not kill a cougar. So where where is that at? I think a deer. Like I, think, I couldn't kill an elk. Yeah, I think okay. like a prey animal that's yeah. like roughly the same weight as a human. I okay. feel like maybe yeah. you are bumping the shit out of that. Like I would struggle if it was like a Sorry, huge. Right. If it was like a hundred and seventy pound buck. I would. I don't know about that, but like, well, he's if gonna it was, gore you to death. If it was like a hundred and ten pound six pointer of doe or so something, like a fawn, I could choke I could, out a fawn. I could kill, <laughs> just I get could, on the ground and give it one of these. Just a regular Oklahoma, not huge deer. I could kill. I think. Now, not killing an elk. You gonna? Hey, could you kill a hog? So this no. hog that you shot, could you have killed it with no, your bare no. hands? They have, I don't they think have so. really, really yeah. sharp tusks. So no chance. No, up. and they're so strong. And could you? I don't know if I'd be strong enough to choke a hog. Ooh, I could. Out. I like, could kill a bobcat. I think I could. Well, we all saw that video. That guy going, "Oh my god, it's a bobcat!" <laughs> and he threw it. <laughs> he threw it. Yeah. So any type of like smaller like feline. I, I could kill a house cat. I'm yeah, I'm you right I, now. Yeah, I could, kill I could a strangle cat. the shit out of a house um, cat. Any type of, type of your smaller house cat's dog, you're killing. You're, you're making it out alive. Could you yeah. kill a pit bull? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm I, killing every dog. Okay, so I have a There's small, not one dog that's that's. Beating. I have a small dog, and when I walk it, sometimes I walk past bigger dogs, mm-hmm. and I swear to God, like they, they like approach Brady, and like I love Brady, my dog, so much mm-hmm. that I have literally in my head gone through the process of thinking i was like this is gonna i be will bad. beat the fuck out of that dog <laughs> if it gets off the leash and tries to attack brady right. i will like throw brady and i will gouge that dog's eyes out and oh yeah beat it to yeah. death on the street like a fucking amazon i will do it right here to protect my dog 
and you're good with it. Like you, there, there's no. Oh yeah, I'll do it with a smile <laughs> on my face. Like I will eviscerate that dog. Yeah, I'm fucking up a dog. And you're not uncertain about. It. I mean, you're like you're, you're, you're like I'm coming if out like of this the fight. Yeah, yeah, The protective part of me takes over. Yeah, it's like right. if I, I, over. I don't. I think you guys are un- underestimating dogs. I will like, snap a dog's if, little tiny if, legs in half. If I will a, fuck them. If up. a trained police officer German Shepherd no, is no. sicked on you, you don't. Okay, think? no, no, no. So I, I think you're getting it mixed up here. Am I coming out of this unscathed? No. Yeah, I'm gonna have exactly. some damage. Yeah, I'm but if die. one of us is I, living and one of us is dying, I legitimately might bleed out oh, after yeah. a while. But the dog is dying before I am. So if yes. it's like that, it's then life or death. I'm not coming out of this unscathed. Am, if a German Shepherd is grabbing me, I am ripping its jaws in half. Yeah. and gouging. I think out the fight eyes. or flight <laughs> takes over in the human instinct. Yeah, that, if like, you're in know. a if you're yeah, in yeah, an yeah, eight yeah. by eight pen with a German Shepherd that's trained to kill you, are you coming out alive? No. I think I am. I don't think so, dude. They're fucking mean and fast. I, I'm losing an strong. arm. Yeah, and I may lose like an arm, but I, part it, of my foot. The dog is dying before I die. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Hundred percent. There's I, only I one way that, to find I out. I weigh that dog by like 150 pounds. I am destroying that dog. So a similar question that I heard listening to a podcast oh, the other I day. I was going to go segue into <laughs> similar that I heard the other day. How many people would it take of normal people, us, right, normal civilians? to beat up a professional fighter, okay? So now think about this. Let me, let me give you context. Like if us three? Okay, so Conor McGregor is across the table. He's oh, working the camera. Fuck, dude, he's so fast. <laughs> the three of us are in the room with Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor's actually stat guy. Yeah, yeah, little did you know. The three of us versus Conor McGregor at the same time, right? We can use any tactic we want, you know, no weapon or anything, but like can the three of us... We are not landing can, one punch. Can we beat up Conor McGregor? No. Could the three of us? No. One Conor McGregor is beating up the three of yes. us at the same time. Easily. Yes. No. He's a little guy. No. He's like 150 pounds. The three pounds. of us yeah, at he's the small. same time, I'm immediately tearing off his ball sack. <laughs> Conor McGregor I'm immediately look- going for no, that. No, you're that's, fucked, bro. That's the first Conor thing McGregor I'm doing. looks no, at you, the I'll biggest have- guy, and he goes, I'm immediately murdering that motherfucker. Okay, that's you don't fine. got any chance. That's fine. He can take after me. I'm like, Wes, goes for, go for his balls. It's And then Trent, go for his eyes at the same time. We're you not, do that. I'm telling you, we're not beating <laughs> Conor McGregor. Eyes, rip off his ball sack while he is punching at me. Boom, we got him. Maybe, maybe. He's so going to bleed out in minutes. So could you and me do it? Or do we need a third no, person? No, we need a third. Okay. We need a third. Oh, I, my God. Like, one person <laughs> is getting killed. I'll take, this, I'll take the beating. The professional fighter? Yeah, probably. <laughs> I'll, I'll take the beating. Because he's going to focus on one of us. He's not going to be able uh, to... A beating? He's going to punch you once. He's done. <laughs> <laughs> now he's on somebody no, else. we all rush him at the same time. It's not like movies where they're like, they wait. three guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, you first. No, I've never understood that movie. three movies. guys yeah. swarm him at one time. He cannot defend that. But Dude. how quickly from do you get... Him, someone from the side and someone from the other side. Yeah, but how quickly does one of us get an I elbow love that to the nose? I documenting the fact that these two knuckleheads... <laughs> oh, for the well, three I'm not guys. saying that. Wait, wait. What are you Saying. This is I'm a good promotion for the all college football because podcast. that's my thing. We want you, Conor McGregor. <laughs> calling you out, Conor. You're next. Um, that's my thing. I'm thinking is the three of us bum rush him, right? Unlike movies, how they all just kind of wait. He's their gonna turn. be like, your wife is in me DMs. <laughs> <laughs> the second. All of us rush him. One yes. of us is getting caught with an elbow to the nose and falling to the ground, and now it's one on two. Like, it's Dodge changes yeah, favor so while fast. While he's doing that, someone else is grabbing that other arm, and you guys are, like, trying to wrestle I think I'm with Trent. The, hey, the three dude, of us hey, is no. not enough. His ground and pound is not good. <laughs> as long as you that's get the, That's the worst part of his game. Get him on the ground. Get him on the ground. Ours is decent, though, <laughs> yeah, so we're good. good. Yeah, well, I can, I can grapple a little, you know what I'm saying? I think I'm with Trent. <laughs> the three of us get our ass whooped. Trent, 
how many of us, like our friends, right? Uh, listener of the show, DJ Bosa. Uh, listen to the show, Evan Drake's in the house. Can the five of us take Conor McGregor? How many do we need? Maybe five, but but it can't be five. He's the size of like a jockey. He's like five eight. Yeah, he's small, bro. He's fucking us all up. Five is of five us, enough. If all the of the three us, of us, DJ and Drake, as long as we, I outweigh him by like a hundred pounds, he's gonna kill you. And move <laughs> on. I, I know he's gonna kill me, but like it's the same thing with the German Shepherd. It's like, yeah, I'm not gonna come out of there unscathed, but like three people can take him to the ground if they all bum rush him at once. His, my, gra- his my, ground game shit, bro. My fear is that our quit factor is so hot. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Because it would be sounding good until so, one of us gets yeah. caught. Yeah, okay. And you're like, I'm down. So what I was going to say. We have to, we have to disable him within the first 15 seconds because our cardio is bad. Well, this is what I was going to say. I think it would take five people with like zombie like uh, aggressiveness. No, no, no. Like, wait, 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 wait. The human element of us being afraid of yes. Conor McGregor has so, to be cut out. So there's my question. Us three. Yeah. DJ Bosa. Drake, take a line. Can of we, coke. can we, Let's can we it. subdue him? Take him down. Beat Zombie him in a fight. mentality. No, the three of us right now, Drake, Bosa. Can There's we? like a million dollars on the line or something. Sure, whatever. Or, or we're just in a bar fight. I mean, like, can are are we all getting our ass kicked? Or can the five of us? I think walk away people, with Conor McGregor I, on the I ground, like bleeding, like, hey, that's enough. Maybe five. Maybe okay. five. All right. I just don't. I don't. What about know. like? Like Francis if I saw Connor, Ganu. if Connor, oh god, I, like a hundred of us. If we were at a bar and Connor was in my yes. wife's DMs, right, and I saw him sitting over there, and I had you two with me, you'd be like, I, "Do you want to cuck me, dude?" No, I would look over at y'all two and be like, "We don't have enough. We need more people." <laughs> I'm not gonna talk to him. We, we don't have enough. But if but DJ, DJ and Drake walked Evan in, walks in, and I, I, then I might be like, "Hmm, let's jump him. We, we can. We, we can cause some chaos. Yeah, we. I can get a couple shots yeah. in here." Interesting. Anyway, Connor, we want you. We want you. Connor, Connor, we got to make a graphic now for this podcast where it's like us three, like knuckles up <laughs> to Connor, <laughs> and he's like in our face. It's like the face off. It's like three of them. It's. I would bet. I think on that by fight. Paxton's standards, I would bet on that fight. I think the way Paxton is analyzing Connor McGregor, Paxton maybe goes two and a half rounds one on one. Yeah, say, I think he can. Out. Yeah, he can hold his <laughs> I was own. Say three or four. But yeah, yeah I'll mean, go with that. maybe. Well, Paxton is different than you and me. He has the ability because of his he's big, right? Six five, right? And he's he's been in some fights before. Big football player. We didn't play football, right? This big tough guy over yeah. here. He's faced the battles before. He he is he's been in the trenches. He's been able to the come out. Battles. Oh God. Here's the segue. Here we go. <laughs> I was waiting for it. I was about to say he, you're not making any wait, He has come out. Of tough competitions. I always thought, I also on, thought, who's he fought? Bro? On the <laughs> winning side. He he has the pedigree. Not unlike one Jimbo Fisher. There it is. National <laughs> champion who was able to upstage Nick Saban for the first time in Nick Saban's the career. An assistant beat him. Yeah. So maybe you and I are like Lane Kiffin and uh, Kirby Smart. But we got Jimbo Fisher over here. Yeah. Maybe he makes a big difference. Maybe they his pay me $10 million a year for Texas a Texas A&M team is able to upset... Arkansas and drastically shake up the top ten, which packs and bigs. Please take us through the new rankings. Delight all y'all, of us. Y'all remember before, when, before we get on to that, we're, we're now when, on a four minute clock here for this. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and pause this. I'm gonna get up and I'm gonna restart the camera. All right. All right. Do you good. remember do you remember uh last I guess it was in the summertime maybe? I'll wait till the camera comes back on. Do you remember? Oh, oh Jesus! Do you remember 
last summer, I think it was, when the media asked Saban, they said, Jimbo Fisher said he was going to beat you this mm-hmm. year. And yep. he was yeah, like, yeah. in golf? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that had to be quite the uh, glorifying win for uh, for old Jimbo Fisher. But he, he has a national champion. Like, he's been a head coach for a long time. Don't that, mind if I get coffee. That, that's big different from uh, from our other guys who have struggled against Nick Saban in the past. But I think this, I think this is the dramatic reading if he starts. We have a new it's probably the booze. Yeah, it probably is. <laughs> we have a new top ten, a new twenty-five. Um, and despite what who is it, RJ Young thinks? Oh my god. So yeah, <laughs> RJ Young. We should just read off RJ Young's top ten every week. Yeah, he just has read that Oklahoma off. State and Kentucky in the top five. Yeah, so. no, deservingly so. So I saw someone say they said, I think you got your OSUs confused. Yeah, he has yeah. Ohio State at twenty. Yeah. And Oklahoma, and Oklahoma State State's at, three. at three. Right. Hilarious. So uh that's where we're at. Pax and Biggs. There is a new top ten. If you don't mind taking us through that now as uh, our boss is still grabbing the coffee. Let me try one of these buttons over here. Is that it? I don't know that that's it. That's it. Sure, let's do it. Does it just fade out? No? I'll take it off. Okay. All right, so top 10 here. We got some, as Wes would say, some movers and shakers. At number one, we got Georgia after their commanding win against Auburn. We have Iowa after their commanding win against Penn State after Sean Clifford left the game. Mm -hmm. Then we got Cincinnati after your Cincinnati Bearcats. Against Temple, for the first time, a non-Power 5 team in the top three since UCF in 2018. Uh, number four, Oklahoma, after their comeback win against Texas. Number five, after suffering a defeat, Alabama only drops to number five, Wes. Uh, at number six, we've got the up-and-coming Ohio State Buckeyes after okay. starting the season slow. Then we got Penn State after their loss to Iowa. Didn't drop very far, number seven. Didn't drop very far. Uh, number eight, Michigan, still efficient on the season after beating Nebraska by, by three, three points. points. Like we talked about, Vegas has a fucking time machine. The fact that they were able to call that by three points. Number nine, Oregon, dropping down a little bit in the in the rankings here, and rounded out for the well, let's see one, two, three, four, five teams from the Big Ten in the top ten. We got Michigan State at number ten. So, so a lot of changes. A lot of change. First of off, movement. before we uh, we get too much into the OU, can Texas we talk top. about Vegas? I I don't want I don't want to get into minus it. three Michigan. Michigan I, I, beats I don't want to Nebraska by three. Coming up on the show in here just a second, we're gonna call a friend of the show Dalton Chandler. Have him come in and talk to us. Hopefully, he has uh, got over his morning phase of the Texas loss to I don't think OU. He has. I don't think he has. But before that, Alabama loses number one. They drop to number five. Fair. I mean, I. I mean, I. We always talk about how the top twenty-five is ridiculous because it moves teams too drastically. I mean, yeah, they're still a good team. Yeah, they're still a really good team, and they may be the best team in the country. Well, I say that. I think Georgia is the best team in the country. Mm-hmm. But it, it's it's almost funny that Alabama loses to an unranked team and drops four spots. Right. But Ohio State, who lost to Oregon. Mm-hmm. Early in the season and now looks very very good right. behind Bama. I like I just I don't understand that reasoning right there. I can understand why Penn State, Michigan, Oregon, and Michigan State are all behind Bama. I don't understand why Ohio State is behind Bama. Doesn't make sense to me. Well, and then you've got Penn State who loses in a very close game at Iowa. They drop four sure. spots. 
Uh, so, I mean, for the most part, I, I, I'm okay with kind of how this shakes out. Yeah, but, it, I mean, at the same time, though, like, if if Bama did lose, it, it, Bama's going to have one loss on the season, mm-hmm. probably. And it doesn't really matter that they move to 5 or 10 because at the end of the season, if they're 11-1 right. and one and going to the SEC championship, they're going to be top 2 or 3. Well, and that's a little bit what we talked about on the show last week is the AP top 10 versus what Vegas has, the odds to win the national championship. It, it, I got to imagine their odds maybe went down like 1%. Right. It's still probably pretty good. But the, the headliner of the show, obviously, is the Red River shootout and what happened last week. Um, the chaotic game, perhaps one of the best OU Texas games ever. I, I think you can say that. I remember thinking we're done. Like we don't have a quarterback yeah. that can muster up to seven. a comeback like this. Looked hideous. Yeah, it was bad. So Started we, we obviously want terribly. to get into that, and we want to welcome in friend of the show, Dalton Chandler. Dalton, can you hear us? Dalton. Oh, hang on. Let me turn him up. Are we plugged in here? I think Dalton, can you hear us there? Yeah, I can hear y'all. All right, you Dalton, doing? Dalton, Dalton Chandler on the show. Let's Dalton, give him a big round hey, of applause buddy. for joining us. Big round of applause to Dalton Chandler for joining us here on the show this week. <laughs> oh, who uh, Dalton, first and foremost, uh, before, <laughs> we, <laughs> before we get into anything, I do have to ask, are, are you okay? Can you talk about this? Should we call you back at a later time? No, I'm not okay. <laughs> He's not okay. <laughs> so we'll let you go. Yeah, I guess uh, right, we'll call you later. <laughs> but I've always been told that it's always been better to talk about your emotions than to bottle them up. So there, there you go. Just, Use this as a therapy the session. Way. You got to yeah. talk it out. Now, I'll, I'll let I'll let the, the Texas fan, Dalton here, and the OU faithful in studio talk about it here in just a second. But for anyone who may have been sleeping under a rock and wasn't watching the game, Texas jumps out to a big lead. They score on the first play from scrimmage, a little screen pass. It. Mm-hmm. They end up going 75 yards to the house. Three and out for OU. Right. Block the punt. Return it to the two. B. Jan Robinson scores. Mm-hmm. It's 14 to nothing in the blink of an eye. Yeah. Blink of an eye. Uh, Texas jumps in out the first to a minute 15. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Minute <laughs> two minutes 15, off, the, yeah. off the board. Uh, Texas jumps out to a big lead. Um, they go into half with a three touchdown lead. Uh, the 38 court, to 20. Casey yeah, Thompson is out points. here absolutely throwing bombs, right? He starts the, the game, like I said, with that screen pass, but a lot of his plays were, were deep shots, yep. touchdowns, long plays, um, really just carving up the OU defense. Over the top was a lot. Which is something, mm-hmm. so I, I always try to put myself in the shoes of my opponent, mm-hmm. and I remember thinking, like, if I were a Texas fan, I'd be like, what? All gas, no breaks, my ass. Like, the moment they had a comfortable lead, mm-hmm. Kirby Smart, or Kirby Smart, Jesus. Steve Sarkeesian. Steve Sarkeesian right. got yeah, so they started, scared. He they got rode so, the break. Yeah. so conservative, Trump must have been Bernie Sanders. <laughs> because, dude, I'm telling you. <laughs> what a statement. Three, three scores. Mm-hmm. Dalton, I mean, I, I imagine Dalton's going to agree with me on this. Three scores, and then he nuts up completely, all because... Uh, our new quarterback comes in, and we get the offense going. He, well, and they really, needed to keep pouring it on. Well, Instead, and that's really the they big thing, scared. right, is OU makes the change at quarterback. They ch- change from Spencer Rattler to uh, Caleb Williams, and that really ignites the OU offense in the second half and yeah. leads them to this big, ferocious comeback at the end. Dalton, your thoughts on the game, the, the swing of emotions from jumping out to such an early lead, having a three-score lead at halftime, and then really kind of collapsing in the second half. And and I, I I said it in our group message, 
like we jumped out to the big lead and I was getting GG's good games, all kind of. Yeah. I said GG. I was like, nice, <laughs> let's go. Like, like they, they'd given up. They, they, he was, it was a knockout punch. They, yeah. And I had told Trent and Paxton in our group message. Yeah. I think it was whenever it was 21 to 21 to seven or 20. Oh, you just scored 21, 14 and Texas had to punt. I was like, okay, OU's defense has settled in. This is where the game starts. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of how I felt. I think and it I was, was like, it, it was right after it was twenty eight fourteen. Texas punted. OU's defense started to settle down, and you were like, okay, maybe Rattler has a chance to do this. Rattler turns the ball mm-hmm. over on that right. possession. Yeah. They go down. Yeah. They score a field goal before half. Right? Like it's it, it just it completely derailed the momentum, and I think that's when Lincoln Riley said, okay, enough. If we keep Spencer Rattler in this game, we're going to lose by 30-plus. Well, and I want to get to that in just a second. Dalton, you talked about it, you know, feeling good. And then, as Trent alluded to just moments ago, in the second half, it felt as though all gas, no brakes, Steve Sarkeesian was laying on them brakes. What, what, What did you see and how did you feel thinking all of these big shots that he was taking in the first half and Chase or uh, Casey Thompson was connecting over the top? All of that just just went away. What what happened? Well, he got, he got out-schemed. And I uh, know Texas fans and – Everybody that brought Sark in was like, hey, nobody can out-scheme Sarkeesian. But he did. In the second half, Alex Grinch literally knew that he was going to come out and run Bajon and just kill the clock. Because Texas's big deal is they're all about playing uh, complimentary football with their defense. In the Mm -hmm. first half, that wasn't the case. I mean, you had plays that were – you had drives that were one play, four plays. The big plays really kept the defense on the field. Yep. And whenever they brought Caleb Williams in, I feel like Texas's defense was like, okay, they're they're struggling. They're trying mm-hmm. to find some kind of spark. Let's keep everything in front of us. Mm-hmm. I do kind of remember feeling like the the way the the start you guys got and the points that you put on the board so quickly. I remember telling myself basically because I was trying to calm myself down because <laughs> it was just I was just panicking trying to make stuff. I was like right. it. The what Texas has done so far is at least a little fluky. Like they haven't they put together I think like one really, really nice drive, but other than that it was just like Yeah, it's not like a ten play eighty yeah, yard yeah. drive. So I, I didn't feel like we were just getting our asses whooped. I felt like there was a little bit of misfortune on our side and you guys just did a good job of capitalizing. And kind of how you said there was a some there was a, a certain point that things kind of settled and it was like, Okay, now the game is starting. But Texas has a, a hell of a an eighteen spot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. Yeah. And and the thing was was I think Sarkeesian come out of halftime was like, okay, Xavier Worthy's got a hundred and something yards. Yeah, that, that kid's a stud, that dude, by the way. Unreal. On, on four catches. Like mm-hmm. it, it was an it was an unreal deal. We beat right. you over the top of Joshua Moore. Mm-hmm. Like we're like and I think Xavier Worthy, head, by the way, nine catches, two hundred and sixty one yards, two touchdowns. Yeah. Unreal. Stud. And and you and you come back and in your head you're thinking, okay, now We've hit them over the top a mm. bunch. Like they're gonna they're gonna put that safety back there to help the secondary. And Alice Grinch literally said, No, you're gonna have to keep doing this. Because yeah, I, I started to see not, him throw a lot more blitzes at Casey. We're not Thompson. gonna yeah, exactly. And we're not gonna let Bajon run for three hundred yards and you kill the clock in the second half. He is the best player in the country. To to which 
Bijan was doing a great job in the first half of, of running all over the OU defense, largely because OU kept trying to arm tackle him, and it, it was yeah. not enough oh, to get that man to the ground. He's so strong. Like, when, like, you just see him, and you're like, when you see him on TV, you're just like, uh, he, he's not, he, he's just a lean, kind of tough guy. But when you see this kid, like, they get pictures of him when he's like flexed out in the gym, he looks. He looks like a different animal. He's yeah. a freaking nature. And he runs like a different animal. Yeah, he's Great. just this, running through tackles sh- left and right. It showed in the stat line how they adjusted to Bijan Robinson in the second half. The first half, 10 carries, 101 yards. Second half, 10 carries, 36 yards mm-hmm. for Bijan Robinson. And, and and the thing that I want to just point out, like, and this is something he's going to have to overcome all year because Texas offensive line is atrocious. Like, we have some good pieces, but that's they, a theme they've in the Big 12, well. I guess. <laughs> Like that's like it, it's bad. I looked at a stat: 120 of his 137 yards come after contact. Bijan's. Wow. wow. Yes. Wow. <laughs> what a stat! Against Arkansas, 60 of his 69 yard rushing come after contact. So. So he's, he's getting popped and having miss. to create things, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's making guys miss, but when you're, it's kind of like what Chuba Hubbard went through last year with OSU. When you're making a guy miss two yards in the backfield, your your chances of getting big gains like that kind of go out the window. Yeah. Right. Well, uh, I think go go ahead. I think that Alex Grinch just said, you know, we're not going to let Sark take the air out of the ball. We've got to we've got to force him to throw it, stop the clock. And to his def- and it, Alex Grinch did what he needed to do, and everybody can talk about how well Caleb Williams played. And he did do a great job of bringing OU back, but you got to think third and 19, Texas yeah. Springs four. Like, in what world do you not blitz a true freshman quarterback mm-hmm. on third and 19? Right. Yeah. Right. In that type right. of situation. Well, and, and a little bit that, uh, that, that's us burying the lead here to an extent is the takeaway from this game was, you know, the, the dramatic fashion of how, how it finished, uh, the, the craziness to how it began, all the excitement, all the fireworks, the big plays. Um, yeah. A lot of the times, like a reference, Casey Thompson dropping back and letting it go. Uh, Caleb Williams is a lot the same way. He was throwing a lot of deep shots as well. It was yeah. exciting. But the big takeaway that everyone's talking about now is the, QB controversy in Norman and how uh, Caleb Williams came in and performed. Trent, I, I mean, when's the last time that you remember an OU quarterback stepping into a situation similar to this and being able to provide such a spark like Caleb Williams did? I don't. The last time Trevor that's Knight happened, in the Sugar Bowl, yeah, twenty fourteen. Hopefully, there's no comparables there. <laughs> right. Yeah, hopefully, that's. I, I think I don't. An outlier. I don't know. I, I think. I th- someone I can't remember where I heard this. I think it was on the Sports Animal, but they said Lincoln Riley will probably never recruit another quarterback that's not mobile, right? Because he helps. Yeah. He helped because Lincoln Riley. You could tell once he had that mo like that mobile uh, like didn't have to just necessarily it, like, he create a opened perfect. up a new chapter of yeah. the playbook. Then the, Lincoln of Riley never just, seen the yeah. direct snaps yeah. Yeah. from Kennedy Brooks faking the pitch to Williams. Yeah. Like he got there's to get so creative, much more to do finally. there, and like so I want to talk about this. I think everyone said, like, you know, shame on OU fans for saying, we want Caleb, clap, 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 clap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But at Booing the same Spencer time, Rattler. <laughs> it, the way that it was done maybe was not right. But OU fans and OU faithful were right. 
And it like it is a risk putting in a guy like Caleb Williams. But after see, seeing Caleb Williams in this game, the command he had over the game, the risks he took, the confidence that he had. I mean, he had FU on his fingers, mm-hmm. fingernails painted with upside down Texas logos yeah. on his his pointer and uh, mm-hmm. pinky finger. Mm-hmm. Like the dude looks like a starting quarterback. Yeah. And 31 I, – I saw this stat. It blows my mind. With Spencer Rattler in the game, 31 plays on offense, 151 total yards, one touchdown, two turnovers. With Caleb Williams in the game, 50 plays, 511 yards of total offense, five touchdowns, zero interceptions, yeah. or turnovers. Mm-hmm. Like, the the spark that he gave us, the way that it changed yeah. the, the play calling, like this this game is a lot about adjustments, mm-hmm. and OU made the right adjustments on defense to bring the pressure and yeah. not let B. John Robinson just stroll down the field. And then on offense, putting in Caleb Williams and turning the page on the playbook and saying, you know what, fuck it. We're throwing out everything. We're going to unload the kitchen sink yeah. on Texas. Dalton, I have a question. Do you think that Sarkeesian – Maybe in that second half, once he, I feel like it was in the second half when he started to realize what this rivalry was really kind of about when he started getting punched in the face. Do you feel like he was a little bit wide eyed uh, just because it's his first uh, OU Texas game? I mean, I would say he was wide eyed because, I mean, Coach Sarkeesian's coached a lot of big games mm. well, sure. like that. Yeah. But, but, it, but to the point, something Tom Herman never, ever alluded to in any time he was asked, like, Tom Herman was like never believed in momentum. Like he never even he he was so against momentum. And that's what Sarkeesian said in his press conference on Monday was we had the momentum in the first half. He's like, and then you feel the shift yeah. as it's turning. Like you can feel it shift. Everybody felt it shift. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at Xavier Worthy, oh you ties it. Xavier Worthy's literally catching a ball on a kickoff five yards deep. But in his head, he feels the shift. Yeah, so he's, and he knows yeah. mm-hmm. he knows that hey, they haven't tackled me all day. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take like, this if out. I bust, if yeah. I bust this loose, we're right back in it. Yep. Yeah, it influences you know, your decision making for sure. Yeah, it's like a desperate uh, hail mary, if you will, to like try to change the tide a little bit. If he yeah, because you know, loose. if you make a big even play, if he, you stop their momentum. Even if he brought it out to the forty or fifty, like that would have been yeah, a big time. yeah, just anything. Well, and don't, but, don't I mean, he, go, he continue. He, he comes out, and it's just, you know, he makes a kid mistake. But the thing about that is Sark literally goes up to him and says, hey, we're going to get you the ball in the next right, series. Right. Don't worry about it. Yep. And he did. And he did. And it's just, you have to trust. I mean, to a point, I feel like there was a lot of breaks, if you guys want to call it that, kind of by Sark and a lot on the defensive side. I feel like we just kind of got into a, hey, let's make them drive it the length of the field and make them take time. We'll mm-hmm. we'll score what we need, and we'll kind of hold them back. And it kind of come down to it where whenever it was finally time that, oh, you couldn't bring the house, Texas mm-hmm. put a great drive together and went down and scored. Yep. Well, and it's just so uh, uh, so much the opposite of what everything that uh, Sark has been pushing out since he got there, you know, all gas, no brakes, all this sorts of stuff that you've heard a million times is, you know, we're going to be on the offensive. We're going to bring it to people. We're, we're going to be aggressive. And the second half, that backed off. 
Dalton, but, obviously, but, obviously, as you can hear here in the studio um, with these two homers and all the other OU people in my life, and I'm sure you're aware of that as well, uh, uh, the, awesome. the, the OU people are just foaming at the mouth over the potential of Caleb Williams now um, and just coming unglued, falling out of the chairs. I'm curious to hear your quick take on Caleb Williams. His performance in the game, obviously great, but what matters now is what he does moving forward, assuming that he's going to be the head coach. Paxson saw that Lincoln Starter. Riley has, has, has not uh, committed to Caleb Williams moving yeah, forward. We're on which Tuesday is, of this week, and he said, we'll see what happens this Saturday. He hasn't committed. Dalton, your unbiased thoughts on Caleb Williams. Obviously, he had a great game. That one's over. What, what does he look like moving forward? Is this something that he can continue and, and here's something Lincoln Riley has to be very, very, very careful of. Spencer Rattley has a very, very, very soft ego. He seems fragile, like, yes. It's, it's very fragile. I would not be shocked in the slightest if he ran Spencer Rattley out there as a starter on Saturday. Yeah, I think that would be very, very, very poor decision-making. I, I feel like it would also look so transparently pandering mm -hmm. to Spencer but, Rattler and incoming recruits. No, I'm, I'm with Dalton a little bit. I, I wouldn't be surprised by that. I wouldn't Continue, be surprised Dalton. either. You, you have to think about it. If he comes out and he says, Caleb Williams is our guy from here on out, what is Spencer Rattler going to do? Spencer Rattler is going to say, well, screw this. I'm not going to waste my he, time He's going to transfer. <laughs> yeah. No, he's, gonna, he's just going to say, I'm going to get ready for the draft. Yeah, I still have yeah. great arm yeah, talent. That's true. I'm going to find a coach that believes in me. Yeah. Yeah. Caleb Williams comes out on Saturday against a very, very good defensive-minded head coach at TCU. Mm -hmm. This is not – this isn't playing Texas. This is playing Gary Patterson's mm -hmm. nickel defense. He's going to scheme it up, right? This gonna, he's going to scheme up Caleb Williams. He's going to show him stuff. He's going to back off stuff. This is a coach that lived in Sam Ellinger's head for four years. Mm -hmm. like, yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's worst partly why Lincoln – TCU. I think that's partly why Lincoln isn't necessarily naming Caleb the starter. It's because he wants Gary Patterson to at least sweat a little bit about Caleb and Spencer. Mm -hmm. But well, I don't, I don't, and, and I don't what think I, it really changes. Well, like, what I think you, Dalton's alluding to here yeah. is you go ahead, and this is kind of what I've been beating this drum about Caleb Williams for a while, is if you're Lincoln Riley, you make this move. You better be ready for it because the, the fragility of the mind of Spencer Rattler, like yeah. Dalton's talking about. There's is, no turning back. No, there's no turn. You can't just go back and like, hey, but I know we replaced you. Can you come play now? And I think that's, Dalton, what you're getting at is, let's say Caleb Williams comes out Saturday against Gary Patterson and he struggles. Hell, let's say maybe he comes out, he starts, he rolls his ankle. He's out for it the game. Yeah. And you got to put Spencer running. Rattler yeah, in there. walk on. It, you're you're gonna have Spencer a Rattler bad leaves. yeah you're gonna have a bad situation on I, your hands. I like the idea of turning the corner, making the decision, calling him the starter, having a conversation, whatever you have to do with Rattler. This is just how it is. Like you, See, you that's can't. Just, that's just that's just irrational. Mm -hmm. I, right I agree. Now, I agree. I'm telling you right now, Lincoln Riley is so so very careful with his quarterbacks, and I, and I, and it goes back to having Kyler and Baker. Oh, uh, we're not ready to name a starter. It's a great it's a great competition. Mm -hmm. Everybody knows that Baker was the starter. Uh, we got Kyler Murray and who was there that went to uh, West Jaylen. Virginia? Oh, Austin Kendall. Oh yeah, that's yeah, right. That's yeah. right. Oh, it's it's such a close battle. Oh, we don't know what we're gonna do. Yeah, it wasn't close at all. <laughs> yeah, like nobody believes that Austin Kendall is gonna do out beat Kyler Murray. So. And he's really, and I think that he's going to come into a press conference or whatever. If he starts Spencer, they're going to be like, why go with Spencer? And he's going to be like, Spencer hasn't, Spencer doesn't deserve the criticism, this and that. 
on Saturday, last Saturday, mm-hmm. we just went with the hot hand. Right. Like, I, and this, I, I, I really see that feel as like a real, he's going to protect yes. Spencer. I see that as a real possibility too. And, and Dalton, that's kind of what I've been trying to tell these guys a little bit. And some of the other um, OU faithful people in my life is maybe let's let's temper the expectations. Let's pump the brakes just for a quick second. Uh, Dalton, we do want to get your your thoughts just real quick. We're taking enough of your time here. Texas now has to move on. They're going to have to play Oklahoma State this upcoming week. Bear with us real quick. Paxson Biggs is going to make a quick studio adjustment to our cameras as we're recording. Um, But I want to get your ideas as to what Texas now does forward. Obviously, we're talking about OU moving forward. Caleb Williams is the big takeaway from the show. Um, So that's a big thing for us to talk about, um, about Superman and all this sorts of stuff. But Paxson Biggs is giving me the, the pause function. So hold on real quick, Dalton. So, so as that's happening, we're talking about OU moving forward. I do want to get your quick uh, analysis. OU or uh, uh, Texas this week plays host to OSU, who was off last week, had a bye. How does Texas rebound um, from the from the devastating loss where you they were leading all game and lose at the end? Um, how do you think they rebound this Saturday against uh, the Cowboys from Oklahoma State? I mean, I think it starts on both sides the on the line because Texas is already juggling their line. Like they seen Saturday. That lineup didn't work. So automatically they start. I want to say they move Kershetter back to right tackle and they put Topamata at right guard and move Junior Angular into left guard. So, I mean, they're, they're, they're trying to find a more balanced run d- offensive line. And you have to start there. And on Saturday, you're going to have to put an extra guy in the box on defense because. I looked at I looked at the stat before you guys called. The Jalen Warren has ran the ball over twenty five times for OSU in the past three games. Per game, yeah, per game. Thirty seven. Yeah, he, he's been good against thirty seven times against Baylor. Like they they're literally they yeah. they don't trust they don't trust Spencer Sanders. Right. Like he's he's a turnover machine. Some of the, his interceptions you can blame on receivers, but some are just him missing. Right. They're going to attack Texas a lot differently than OU did. Yes. And they're going to, they're, I mean, it's going to be kind of the same using Spencer Sanders legs, but if you're PK and Sark, you've got to bring, bring BJ Foster, up, bring Anthony cook in. Like you've got to sure up the run and make him beat you over the top. Kind of like, Oh, you did in the second half because until then they're just going to run the ball and kill the clock and you'll never have the football. Right. OSU isn't the OSU of old. If we're going to no huddle you, throw it all yeah. over you. Brandon they want to, yeah, they, they want to play defense and they want to run the football. And it's it just Texas is going to have to score and get out front and make them get out of their L. Can you so give us a score? You're about to say, so yeah, you're feeling good that, that Texas can rebound? Oh, I, I, yeah. I mean, there's, there's no doubt in my mind. You I mean, I didn't figure there would be. No, I mean, the defense, the defense backed off, in my opinion, and that's that's not acceptable. And I'm not making excuses, but you get a lead, you do that. They did it against Texas Tech, got up huge, and mm-hmm. Texas Tech hit them over the top a couple times. So, so give I us think, a score prediction here, Dalton. We're going to hold you to it. What's uh, what's the score Saturday in Austin? Oh, I I, I think we drum them handedly. I, drum I, 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 give, right. give us the prediction. What do you got? Yeah, what do you got? Thirty-seven to seventeen. 
Ooh. 49 okay. 17. Oh, so taking out some hey, anger on the Cowboys. What, what I'm telling you right now, after Arkansas, Sark put 66 or something on Tech or on Rice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then he'd come back and put 70 on Tech. The offense okay. is clicking. Now, now the, a, a key part of that is if the guy behind Jordan Whittington can come in and play. Jordan Whittington went out with a clavicle injury, so he's done for a hot minute. So we're going to have to get production from a new slot receiver. But right. but if you're if you're going to come in and stop the run against Bajan, like you're going to have to commit to that. Yep. And you're going to put your corners and safeties in coverage on maybe the best one of the best receivers in the Big 12 now. A true freshman that can absolutely fly. Right. Well, it's it, it's going to be an exciting game for sure and it's it's a game that we're going to be picking here at the end of the show. We know where you stand obviously picking Texas and thinking thinking that it's yeah thinking it's going to be a route uh Dalton we appreciate you calling in uh, avid listener of the show we appreciate you as always oh thank you guys it's always good to be on see you man see you buddy see you guys yeah I didn't I didn't figure Dalton was uh gonna go against Texas this weekend but I had to had to tee him up for that question there 32 Oklahoma State is getting (laughs) drummed this 49 to 17 Jackson also listens to the podcast I'm sure he is spinning in his urn right now (laughs) thinking that there's uh probably going to be a little different of an outcome in that game uh we've talked at nauseum here about OU Caleb Williams and we'll we'll see how that fiasco continues in the coming weeks we can do like another 20 minutes. We could. We won't. You. Strangely, though, there were other football games played last week. I know. you. Te- yeah, I know. It's weird, right? Oh. Um, Paxton, my Arkansas Razorbacks, lose at Ole Miss. They, they, they tie up the game at the end of the game. 50, uh, 52. Yeah. To, it, 51. They, okay, so they didn't They were down seven. Up. Yeah, down 45-52 in a shootout, which you actually accurate, accurately predicted. Mm-hmm. And... I did say Ole Miss would win. Yes. Arkansas goes for two, goes for the win on the road. I love it. I love the ballsy nature. They go for the I win. I do too. They, yeah. they, they didn't get it. Yeah, you have to uh, live with that. Decision. No, I'm, 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 I'm completely yeah. okay with that. You're you're the underdog on the road. You got a chance to end it. You end it, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, After that many points. Yeah, yeah, it didn't work out. They lose 51-52. So I was a little down in the, in, in the depths about that, even though my pick was right because I picked Arkansas plus. I think it was three and a half, five and a half, right. something like that. Something, yeah. so, so my pick was correct, even though Arkansas lost. Mm-hmm. But Paxton... There was something to revel about from Saturday after that loss for Arkansas Razorbacks, and that was Paxton Biggs. Do you know? LSU got embarrassed. Trent's LSU yeah. Tigers I will say, I wasn't got as, bent over. I yeah. will say I wasn't as thrilled about it because that was the only pick that kept me from going 6 I know you weren't <laughs> excited, but I was me too. because those LSU Tigers got absolutely Boat race, Paxton Biggs. They got boat race. Boat race by the undefeated Kentucky Wildcats, who will find their way into the uh, the picks here at yep. the end of the show. BYU, who is coming to the Big uh, Twelve next year or next two years or whatever it is, they lost they're going to Boise. Th- they're going to find themselves into the picks again, and they suffered their first loss of the season to the um, fifth. At the home, fifth most the, the fifth winning is program, in, which <laughs> no makes surprise sense. there. Yeah. Boise State wins lots of games. Uh, Iowa was down for the majority of the game in the top four matchup against Penn State, but they were able to pull out the victory at the end at home. And the really the the biggest game outside really OU Texas um, last weekend was the fact that Alabama number one loses. They 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 drop. They lose like we talked about earlier with Jimbo Fisher. 
For the first time all season, they lose. And for the first time ever, Nick Saban has one of his assistants defeat him. Texas A&M hits the field goal at the end of the game to knock off number one Alabama. And I'm just going to go ahead and pat myself on the back. You feel free to hit the applause there, Trent, if you want. Thank you. I appreciate that. I said two weeks ago. I said two weeks ago that when Florida almost pulled the upset, that they were able to make Alabama bleed and to show everyone, hey, this team's not invincible. They've got some new pieces. They don't have established guys like they had in the past few years. You did say that. They can be beaten in Texas A&M with a backup quarterback at home. Beats them, right? I don't, I don't feel like we can call him a backup anymore. The quarterback race was pretty close in the offseason, and then he wasn't the, the starter guy, got hurt. Right, right, right. Yeah, but he wasn't then, the guy. Yeah. He wasn't the, the coach's first choice, Jimbo. True, true. Um, And they were able to beat Alabama. Um, so it's, it's interesting now to kind of see I do feel like that, that game goes. was a little fluky. If Florida, I feel like, played them a lot mm-hmm. better than, and surprisingly didn't win yeah. the game against Alabama. Um, Texas A&M didn't outpace them in yards, time of possession. Right. Alabama had a few costly turnovers and really couldn't capitalize on their final drive to go down and No, it was, it was really the first time that we've seen this unproven team kind of look unproven. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Without the yeah. the experience that that they've had over the last few I years. Think, I think it's the 12th man. I really do. The yeah. the, the the crowd it's had really, a really really hard to play there. Yeah, had a huge impact on the rocking, game. Dude. Yeah. And Trent, real quick, I want to address this cuz we talked about it last week. Looking at it now, Alabama's where in the standings, Paxton, Five. from your reading? Five. And those Cincinnati Bearcats, where are they at? Number three, Desmond Number Ritter three. Led. Now, Trent, you and My I man. talked last week in mm-hmm. the hypothetical situation that yes. we get into a situation with the SEC team that maybe had one win or one loss coming out of SEC championship, which we thought here Georgia is, and man. Alabama. Okay, okay, okay. It's Give already here. Give me a scenario. Here's the scenario. All right. All right. Alabama just lost. Let's say that we are playing the uh, the we have to set the final four tomorrow. Is Cincinnati in for Trent Pollard over Alabama? And yes. Al- let's say Alabama beats. No, no, wait. Did you, did you hear what he said? Wait, what did he say? If I we make it. the field tomorrow, the the four tomorrow. Yeah. Trent Pollard wants Cincinnati, a non-power five, in over Alabama. I feel yes. like that's fair. I- I don't believe Cincinnati hasn't lost a game. They've I don't believe a, what I'm hearing. They, they've played a couple uh, opponents that are respectable, and Alabama just lost an unranked team. So, yeah. Even though a week ago you were banging the drum of Alabama I having think, one loss. I, I truly think the fact that they lost to an unranked team I'm about to say, matters. my argument was that they lost to, to Georgia, Georgia in the hypothetical the right, right, right. championship. Yeah. So, the fact they lost to unranked Texas A&M has changed your, your yes. mindset here. Yes. Man, Trent Pollard coming around to the idea. No, I think of I'm just the consistent. non-power five. Well, yeah, sure. I, dude, you play the SEC championship next week. Georgia's beaten Alabama by a couple of touchdowns. I do want to address that. Friend of the show, J Mac, watching at home. I, I, I'm not saying start buying your merchandise for national championship, but Georgia's the best team in the country, and it's not close right it's now. It's by a no. mile. Yeah, it, their it, defense it, is so goddamn good. They, they are the best team in the country, and and by a landslide. It, it, it's mm-hmm. really not close right now. Uh, so, uh, Jamie, I get, get it, up there. I haven't sold my UCLA shares mm-hmm. just yet, and I don't know if I'm selling my Oklahoma shares because they got Superman Caleb Williams. Maybe can lead them to the national championship picture. I don't know. I do want to use that, though, to jump into America's favorite game. What is it, Paxton Biggs? Hammond's Trivia. Still don't have the sound. Still don't have it. <laughs> Wait. Can we get it done in 17 minutes? You guys are up against the clock. All right, let's do it then. All Woo. right. 
Uh, Caleb Williams shows out last weekend, right? And for the majority of the show, he has been the focus, right? Superman or Clark Kent, what are we going to get moving forward from Caleb Williams? Can he lead this Oklahoma Sooners team to a national championship into the Final Four? Can he combat Georgia and all these other teams? Maybe, gentlemen, expectations should be tempered. Over the last 20 seasons, only four freshmen have ever finished inside the top five of Heisman voting. So if Caleb Williams is supposed to have some big revelation as the OU quarterback and lead them to a playoffs and maybe even a national championship, you'd have to think he would be in the mix for Heisman contention. That's typically how they go together. Okay. Over the last 20 seasons, only four freshmen, which Caleb Williams is, only four freshmen have finished inside the top five voting for the Heisman. I'm going to give you one miss. Can you name those four freshmen? I know two. That's tough. You do? Yeah. I don't know why I'm just blind. Four freshmen finishing inside the top five. Johnny Manziel won it as a freshman. Adrian Peterson was second as a freshman. Because I remember Johnny Manziel was the first freshman. I will also say Lamar Jackson was a freshman when he won it. He was a freshman? Mm -hmm. I think. Oh, he may have been a redshirt. Shit. There's okay, a redshirt let's, freshman let's count. Let's go ahead. Redshirt freshman counts. Ooh, okay. Oh, but he may have been a sophomore. I might be wrong. Okay, let's go with... Tebow won it as a sophomore, right? Yeah. Let's go with Johnny Manziel, the first ever freshman winner. Yeah. Lock it in. I can't believe Lock I it forgot in. about that. Yeah. Lock it in. Johnny Manziel, correct. Okay. 2012 Texas A&M, he won the Heisman Trophy as a freshman. Then I got to go with Adrian Peterson. Because he was runner-up, and everyone said he should have won it as a freshman. Should have been the first freshman winner. Okay. All right. Let's I don't go remember. Adrian Peterson. Lock it in. Lock it in. Adrian Peterson. Correct. In 2004, Adrian Peterson did finish second. Adrian so. Peterson might be the best player to never win the Heisman. Yeah, he could be. Okay. Now this is uh, where it gets difficult. Um. You do get one miss. Yeah. Freshman, freshman, freshman. So I know Wes, and Wes likes to confuse us. He likes to pick these to where we'll get some of them, but then that last one's really hard. So think about the years that we kind of missed out on some football knowledge. It was around the 2019, 2020. We just fucking stopped watching college football. Now, last year... Last year, Devontae Smith won it. Mac Jones was also in it. And Trent, you gotta help me here. I can't name all Dude, of them. Dude, I I'm, I don't know why I'm so I didn't even think of Manziel. So I'm okay. kind of blanking. I think every time I, th- I think of winners, I'm like, there's no way they were 18. Young freshman. Well, they have to finish in the top five. They don't have to be winners. I'll give you a little help here as Trent is clearly struggling. Well, clearly. then maybe Lamar Jackson was. Okay, let's... You have two of the four. Uh-huh. Of the two remaining, one did win, and the other came in fifth. Oh, coming that's in fifth. the one he's going to get us on. Is coming, coming in fifth. fifth. going to be tough. <sighs> So the the one that won Jameis Winston. No, he wouldn't. 
freshman, I don't think. When he won it, I don't believe so. God damn it, I don't know. Let's just say him. I think I think an easy answer would be Lamar Jackson. You do? Okay. I don't know though. I don't either. I think Jameis Winston has a better chance than Lamar. Okay, we'll go with that. Jameis Winston. Lock it in. Lock it in. Jameis Winston. Correct. Nice. Winner in 2013. Good shit. As a freshman. All Wanna right. go with Lamar Jackson now? We have a miss still. He didn't finish fifth. You don't think his freshman uh, year? No. If anything, he finished fifth his like sophomore year. The, the season after he won it. But this is freshman. Can we get a conference? I think I've given you enough help on this one. You don't even have any misses. See, here's the thing is that you're three for three picked, right now. He picked the last 20 years for a reason because he wanted to show. It's true. He wanted to show Adrian Peterson because he figured we'd get that one. There's probably one in there way back that he's like, there's no, there's no way they're getting that. It might be like the 08 range or something. I literally, I don't even know where to go with this. I don't either. It, fifth is so broad. That could be so many guys. Yeah. You don't even go it, to New York. 20 years. Yeah, like you may not go to New York. They do sometimes three. They do sometimes five. No. You have to narrow this down. There is no way we're getting this. Give Take us a like shot. A, you don't even have a miss yet. Well, just say Lamar. Kenny Trill. I don't know. Kenny Trill. Uh... Was Leonard, it within Leonard the last Fournette? 10 years? I don't know. Sure, let's go with that. <laughs> yeah, that would be Leonard Fournette. Mess. Lock it in. Lock it in. Sure. Leonard Fournette. What's Incorrect. Is right? uh, uh, it funny? Can you narrow it down to at I'll least I'll narrow last it down here. Years in the conference, maybe? It was the last 10 years. Okay. It was a quarterback, and he played in the Big Ten. Now I'm thinking Justin Fields. Because that was the time frame in which we weren't we weren't following it too close. Yeah. Mm. Justin Fields or got to be Ohio ten years Ohio State. Or it's one of the Wisconsin running backs. He would throw that in there as some bullshit. Yeah. Look at him giggling. That's true. It's like Jonathan Taylor or Melvin Gordon. It might be like Melvin Gordon. What about oh, what about the running back from Penn State? Saquon. Saquon Barkley. Come on. I think it's either Saquon or like Melvin Gordon. Ah, shit. Have we said it? He's not gonna tell us. He's of course, looking at, of course he's we've looking said it. at me. Strange. I've given you plenty of help on this yeah, question. Have. I think it's Oh, Saquon. he said it was a quarterback. Oh, oh, wait. I did say it was a quarterback. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> I was waiting for you guys to realize that. <laughs> I'd have been so pissed. Oh, God. Okay. Well, then it has to be an Ohio State quarterback. Yeah. Was it Braxton Miller? I don't know. His I, freshman year. Because no then after that, idea. he got switched to wide receiver. Yeah. But he was a sensation. I'm trying to think. And Justin Fields, I feel like, finished in the top three that year in 2019 because he got invited and they didn't invite all five, so he couldn't have been fifth. I, I'm going to go Braxton, Braxton Miller. Miller. Braxton Miller, Ohio State. 
Give it to me, Wes. Tell so me I'm right. Lock it in. Lock it in. Regarded. Braxton Miller. Incorrect. Uh, all right. Incorrect. Who was it? Yeah. It was an Ohio State quarterback. Uh-huh. And he finished fifth in the Heisman voting and did not finish the season for Ohio State. Oh, God, you fucker. Do you it's remember who it was? JT? It was JT Barrett. JT Barrett, yeah. JT Barrett in 2014. Yeah. To kind of wrap a bow on that there, Adrian yeah. Peterson, 2004. And then three years in a row, 2012, 2013, and 2014. It's like Manziel. Manziel, Jameis Winston. And if JT Barrett didn't get hurt, yeah. he would have been in the top three or maybe even have won the, uh, the Heisman yeah. Trophy. So... Say all that to say this. The odds of Kay Williams turning into the superstar that leads OU to the national championship, they are pretty slim. Not out of the realm of possibility. Not out though. of the realm, but it has happened. But it is slim. We want to transition now into the final segment of the show. And before we do that, Paxton Big is going to make one more switch on our camera. And we're and an then, hour eight in already. And then we will get to our week seven picks. So, Paxton, if you want to make that switch on the camera. We will it's keep so, the show going, Packs and Bigs. Uh, going into our final segment, our Week 7 Picks Against the Spread. Uh, you will recall from last week, early in the show, Packs and Bigs mentioned it. He went a season best for him, 5-1, and one, losing only the Kentucky LSU pick, which was last foolish on your I part. ever pick LSU. I told you anything. last week on the show, I'm done with Jesus. LSU. Done Same. with I, the I'm Go Tigers. You're done with LSU? That's his favorite that team. Right? Yeah, he, yeah, don't don't listen. Nah, don't By listen the way, him. I will say, Trent did think the LSU Tigers were going to go 10 wins on the season. They now have three losses on the season, which means mathematically, well, I guess... They could get a bowl They game. could win out from here on and get a bowl win. But that's not going to yeah, You guys also happen. said UCLA would be in the national championship. No, I never said those words. We I said, said they were words. the best team in the country, and I stand by that. Mm-hmm. Trent best team in the country can have six losses. Absolutely can. Just, you know, you just don't go their way. You get a couple breaks that don't yeah exactly yeah sure so Pax and Biggs last week five and one bringing his total on the year to an even 18 and 18 wait Trent, why are y'all piling on me about LSU because Pax, Go Pax Tigers is sucked. the only person that picked them last week well he's an idiot too that's why he's last <laughs> yeah, in the standings last in the that. standings so Pax will continue to go last in our picking here uh I'm just Trent, hanging back waiting <laughs> Trent yeah pass. waiting waiting for your move Trent and I went four and two uh I am still your leader 22 wins 14 losses Trent just one Game behind at 21 wins, 15 losses. So we've got six more games on tap. First game in the Big 12, Iowa State, who has had an epic collapse, starting the season ranked number seven, um, and now they are three and two unranked, um, and they have to go on the road to Kansas State. K-State, a six-and-a-half-point underdog at home in Manhattan. And easy enough for me, gentlemen, Iowa State, Brock Purdy, all of these high expectations coming into the year, they have underwhelmed. Enough to say. They have underwhelmed drastically. Very, yeah, and bad. Uh, and now they have to go on the road to Kansas State, who has shown some fight, had a chance to keep the game close, and had a chance, you know, outside chance to win uh, at Norman a few weeks ago. Iowa State they really— They played that game at home, by the way. Just, at Kansas State. Yes. Right, right, right. Iowa State really has only faced two big competitions this year. Okay, two tough games, and they have lost 
both of those games. They're three wins they have won uh, in big faction, big margins. Mm -hmm. They face two difficult games. They have lost both those difficult games, and now they have to go on the road to K-State to play a team that hopefully gets quarterback Skylar Thompson back. So I'm going to hedge my pick a little bit here. If Skylar Thompson is back in action and he is a starting quarterback, I like them to be too much. I like the experience on the road with the points. I like K-State plus six and a half, depending upon if – Skylar Thompson plays. Okay, Wes. Uh, I'm going to make it interesting. I think with Iowa State, they have arguably the best defense in the Big 12. I think they're first in yards against uh, – I don't remember. I don't remember. I think they're like the number one defense overall statistically. They're like one of the best defenses in the conference. I didn't know that. Um, no, Brock Purdy has just been terrible. Yeah, he has. I think, uh, I th- I think I'm going to – Damn it. I feel the conviction in your voice. You don't want to pick Iowa State. No, I don't. (laughs) He's trying to get games up. He's trying to game the system. There's lots of weeks left in the season. Don't get cute. You know what? Screw it. Yeah. Iowa State minus six and a half points. I'm taking them. All right. Cyclone. Just to be different. You don't believe that, though. You're just doing it to be different. Not necessarily. Not necessarily because... (sighs) So, you're taking Iowa State if... Kansas State isn't playing the starting If Skyler Thompson is not playing, I want Iowa State. Yes. Okay. If if he plays, give me K-State. Give me Iowa State no matter what. Okay. Okay. Packs and Bigs, over to you. So I was doing some statistical research, which is like I, what I like to do whenever I'm picking these games. And now we have five games, so I can look at some data here. Five, six games. And I, I saw a trend here. Kansas State has two losses on the season. They have three wins on the season. In those three wins, they ran for over 200 yards. In those two losses, they did not. So the recipe to beat Kansas State is hold them to less than 200 yards rushing. That easy. I also want to put the indicator in there the same as you. If Skylar Thompson plays, I feel like they can run for 200-plus yards on a lot of teams. Right. Even Iowa State with a very good defense. One of those games they rushed for under 200 yards against OU without Skylar Thompson. Exactly. Right. But with Skylar Thompson back in there, he's a bit of a difference maker. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say Iowa State minus 6.5 Unless Skylar Thompson plays, I think they run for over 200 yards. I think they win at home against Iowa State. So Trent taking Iowa State, regardless. Pax and I taking Iowa State yeah, if no Skylar Thompson. I am not Thompson. a coward. I will I, go. The starting quarterback is a pretty big factor yeah, on, big on how the game goes. Uh, let's go to game number two and let's t- uh, stay in the Big 12 and an incomer to the Big 12. Pax and Biggs, team that's going to revitalize the Big 12 after OU and Texas leave. This team is going to take the Big 12 to the promised land, make them the best uh, conference in the country, and that is the number 19 BYU Cougars. They go to Waco this Saturday uh, to Baylor. Baylor, although being unranked, BYU suffered their first loss, as we noted earlier, to Boise State last mm-hmm. week. Uh, one loss, ranked team BYU going on the road to Baylor, but Baylor, six-point favorite at home the tougher competition is starting to mount for BYU okay they've they played some some uh, Pac-12 teams yeah early and we, in the year. we looked at their road last week and it, it's, right. a, it's a lot tougher than like a Cincinnati and we talked about that with Cincinnati the non-power five teams and who had a chance to kind of make their discussion of course BYU dropping the first game after we talked about that to Boise State these games are starting to mount for them and get a little more challenging Baylor has been good. They've been slinging the ball all over the place. They've upset Iowa State. They, they, they've played some good football. Now BYU has to travel to Waco on the road. I, I, I don't like what's going to happen for them. I like Baylor on at home, minus six points. There are three guarantees in life, three inevitabilities in life. Oh, give them to us, Trent. Death, 
Taxes and BYU losing at least two football games in a season. No matter what, <laughs> that's going to happen. This will be their second loss. It's going to be back-to-back. They're going to go to Waco. The BYU offense can't keep up with Baylor's offense. If it turns into even halfway of a shootout, which it will, BYU's not going to be able to keep up. So I like Baylor at home. Minus the six. Minus the six. All right, packs and bigs. See, my analysis is a little different of Baylor. I feel like Baylor's offense has sputtered throughout the season so far. They've actually looked good this past week against West Virginia Mm -hmm. at home. Uh, I think that was their first real good showing on offense. However, Baylor has only given up the ball four times the whole season through six games. That's impressive. Only four giveaways. That's impressive. And BYU, their best win is against Arizona State, who is a ranked team. I think, uh, well, in that game, Arizona State had four turnovers. I think Baylor is very efficient on offense. I think their offense is starting to click a little more, plus it's at home. I want Baylor minus six. I think they just don't give the ball up. BYU cannot walk into Waco and just steal a victory from Baylor right here. All right, so we're all in agreement there. We like Baylor at home minus the six points. Moving over to the SEC, we've got my Arkansas Razorbacks who are returning to Fayetteville after just a horrible two-game stretch of going on the road to Georgia, getting embarrassed, and then going on the road to Ole Miss and losing in dramatic fashion, fashion, as we mentioned earlier, going for two at the end of the game uh, to try and steal the victory, and were unsuccessful. Auburn comes to town. Auburn uh, goes to Arkansas, number 17, Arkansas, and Arkansas is a three-and-a-half-point favorite back at home. And that's really going to be the base of my argument here is that Arkansas looked good. They got into the top ten. They went on the road for two tough games against the best team in the country, Georgia, and a very good Ole Miss team. They were not able to come away with two victories, but now they return to the comfort of Razorbacks AM, Donald W. uh, Reynolds Field, and the Hogs are going to be running on Saturday. I like Arkansas to control the line of scrimmage, get back to the run game with K.J. Jefferson and all those pieces. I like Arkansas minus three and a half. Oh, Wes, Wes, Wes. Tell me about it. There's nothing comforting about that stadium for even the Arkansas Razorbacks. (sighs) I have bad memories there, Trent. Yeah. Ryan Mallett, you bastard. <laughs> so, I I think Bo Nix, he's too much of a gamer. Arkansas did not come into the – we all thought maybe they were contenders, but they're pretenders. They're not – I don't think Arkansas ever really had a chance to contend for a national championship or even even get to the – We've SEC been terrible for years, Trent. I just needed to not be embarrassed. Yeah, there's nothing – I, I think, don't need to contend for a national championship. I think, uh, I think Bo Nix is just too much. Auburn comes in – Easy. Bo Nix, a, 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 a proven history of competing well on the road and, and playing at a high – oh, wait, no, he kind of has a, the opposite <laughs> effect in his life. So you want Auburn plus the three-and-a-half, you're saying? Auburn plus the three-and-a-half, but they're probably going to win by two touchdowns. Two touchdowns. Pax and Biggs, we're split here. Do you like Arkansas at home, or do you trust Bo Nix on the road? So I said last week Bo Nix struggles unless his running backs help him out. Last week against Georgia, they got beat 34-10. to 10. They ran for 46 yards. Not a good recipe. Now, Arkansas gave up 324 yards rushing last week against Ole Miss. Ole Miss and Arkansas were in an old-fashioned Pac-12, Big 12 shootout. Mm -hmm. They were. I think the Auburn running backs run loose. However, I have not seen anything impressive out of the Auburn defense this year. They've beaten all of their opponents that they've beaten this year by like 7, 10, 12 points. And I'm, I'm talking about, like, Georgia Southern, too. Right, Georgia right. State, whatever they are. So I think 
while they may be able to do a little more on offense because Arkansas is terrible defensively, I think Auburn isn't very good defensively either. I like K.J. Jefferson in that offense to just run all over Auburn. I think we maybe get another shootout here in Arkansas, but I think Arkansas pulls out the victory. I think they cover minus three and a half. All right, the Arkansas Razorbacks getting back to winning form this Saturday. Staying in the SEC, we've got number 13 Ole Miss uh, coming off the win against my Arkansas Razorbacks. They go on the road this weekend to Rocky Top, to Tennessee, where Tennessee is a three-point uh, underdog. I believe I got that incorrect yeah, there on yeah, the sheet. Tennessee three. is a three-point underdog, number 13 Ole Miss, uh, three-point favorite at Tennessee. Similar situation here as Iowa State for me. Tennessee hasn't really been challenged. They're 4-1, I believe, on the season, but they haven't really been challenged um, yet the same way that Iowa State really hadn't been challenged by good teams. They're beating teams that are bad, teams that they should win. Ole Miss, like Paxton Biggs, racked up over 300 yards rushing. That offense is electric despite their bad showing against Alabama, which is understandable. That offense can really play. Tennessee hasn't been prepared to face teams like Ole Miss with the firebrand that they have. I like Ole Miss to cover this three-point spread and to come out with a big victory at Rocky Top. I agree, 100%. Uh, Ole Miss has been uh, to hell and back this season, mm. and, Tennis- and Tennessee is not. Just yeah, I think Ole Miss comes in with the, the season they've had. Now, fellas, I don't know if you did your research. Uh-oh. The Josh Heupel-led Tennessee Volunteers have looked very, very good in their last few games. Destroyed Missouri. Missouri, not the best team. Not very good. They have looked very impressive. Tennessee, first three games, eight turnovers, zero since then. Very efficient. Their running quarterback, Hendon Hooker, looks impressive. He's ran for over 75 yards and a touchdown in the last three games. Plus, he can sling it around. You know how Josh Heupel is. He can can coach up his guys to, you know, have an offense that's going to put some points on the board. I think Tennessee not only covers this three-point spread, I think Tennessee wins outright. I think they knock off Ole Miss in Rocky Top. They beat Matt Corral. Picking against your boy Matt Corral, your Heisman hopeful yeah. Matt Corral. You're picking against him. Man. It will be a hell of an environment at Tennessee this weekend. It, 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 it's it's, it's going to be a good environment. Paxton Biggs surprises me to be picking against his boy Matt Corral, Ole Miss, but he thinks Tennessee comes out with the outright victory, but he'll take the plus three either way. We got to get to the best team in the country, the Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, they get to play un- two undefeated matchup or an undefeated matchup here. Number eleven Kentucky, six and zero, undefeated. They go to the Hedges. They've got Georgia this week, number one team, the best team in the land, and Georgia in a ranked matchup between number eleven and number one. Georgia is a twenty-three and a half point favorite. Twenty-three and a half point favorite against number eleven undefeated team. I was on this rant with Arkansas when they were number eight in the country, undefeated, going to Georgia, and they're 18-and-a-half-point favorite, and they got absolutely embarrassed, 37-zip. to zip. I talked to a friend of the show, J-Mac. Uh, he said, hey, I'm going to need you to keep picking against Georgia to cover these lines. It seems to be working really well. I, I'm done with that. I've learned my lesson. For the rest of the season, mark my words, I'm picking against LSU regardless of the spread, and I'm picking with Georgia regardless of the spread. Give me Georgia to cover the 23-and-a-half. Trent? I think Georgia's going to cover the 23-and-a-half. I don't see how they don't. The (laughs) most terrifying team in the country. But I'll make it interesting. Oh, I'll take Kentucky plus the points. Wow. Yeah. 
Just to make it fun to watch. Just to make it fun. All yeah. right. Kentucky plus 23 and a half. Pack some bigs. Disclaimer, I mean, they're not covering. <laughs> but if they do, I get lucky. There you go. <laughs> it, man, if this was at Kentucky, I think the line would be minus 20. But this is between the hedges. This mm-hmm. is at Georgia. Georgia embarrassed Arkansas. Got all over them. Beat them by 37 points. Blanked them. Mm-hmm. I didn't know SEC schools could score that high. All over Auburn, 34 to 10. I got to tell you, I think Arkansas is way better than Kentucky. I think they win by 45. I think it's like 45 to 3. Kentucky has 14 turnovers on the season. If they play sloppy at all against Georgia, it's going to be 35 nothing at halftime. Yep. And then Georgia's going to let off the break and maybe give them a field goal or something. Right. This is going to be a fucking massacre. Yeah, I don't think Kentucky knows. <laughs> they're, they're, they're not. Georgia's not LSU. They're oh. walking into a oh buzzsaw on yeah. Saturday. But Trent likes the. The chances are the possibility <laughs> of Kentucky <laughs> only really. losing by, by three some touchdowns. Miracle, maybe yeah. they score some garbage points right. at the end, and would, Trent somehow be, pulls this. I out. I think it would just be entertaining if next week we come back in some fucking how I get that. Trent's hoping. I want to see you in your sissy blue. Yeah, Trent, if, Trent, if Trent's open for a forty-two to twenty beating, and like hell yeah, twenty-three yeah. and a half. That's what he's open for. No yep. way is Georgia giving up twenty points in any game this season. Much less this one. Yeah, much less this one. I don't think they've given up 20 points combined all Georgia season. Georgia might run their JV out there. They, that's they, why I'm... Maybe that's maybe what that's it is. They rest yeah. some of the starters. Fourth string. But the main event here, we get back to the Big 12, and we have the undefeated number three team in the country, according to some. Yeah. Number 12, according to the AP. We have the Oklahoma State Cowboys. They are going on the road to Austin. Wrong sound. <laughs> number 12, Oklahoma State, and them Cowboys. They go on the road to Austin after losing to OU in the Red River rivalry. Texas drops to number 25 in the country. But at home in Austin, nothing is ever easy. All gas, no breaks. Steve Sarkeesian. Unless you're up by three touchdowns. Looks to get back in the winning column. Texas, a five and a half point favorite at home. This Saturday, the Cowboys come to town. And Texas tries to get back some of the mojo after losing in the rivalry game to Oklahoma. Number 12, Oklahoma State. He always times that so well. Number 25, Texas. Texas minus five and a half. Dalton, friend of the show, obviously thinks that Texas (laughs) is going to win by 32 was his prediction. Dalton, it will be within 32. Uh, That much I, I feel very confident about. I also feel confident that Texas... Is going to be a little hungover from this game. They lose in dramatic fashion. They have the game in the balance. They have the opportunity to win it. They let it go. You've got a freshman, unproven quarterback, Casey Thompson. Casey Thompson, freshman, right? Yes. Yeah. Unproven no, guy. No, he's a senior. He sat on the bench for three I years thought he, behind no, Ellinger. That's right. That's right. My yeah. apologies. Not freshman, senior. But unproven. He doesn't have experience being in these environments and playing sure. meaningful snaps. He loses the game that sh- they should have won against OU. Mm-hmm. I think some of that carries over. Steve Sarkeesian, as you mentioned, hadn't been head coach in a while. He got fired at other places. Now he's head coach. Things are going okay. He loses a game he shouldn't have lost, and everyone kind of thinks it's because of his coaching and how he prepared that game and handled the game in the second half, not so much on the players. I think some of this lingers. I think this carries over into Saturday. I think Oklahoma State, with Spencer Sanders, with uh, the running back Warren, they're able to control the game, control the time of possession, control the line of scrimmage. 
do some of the running like Caleb Williams did, like uh, what's the running back Brooks did, Kennedy Brooks, Kennedy yeah. Brooks did. I think they can control some of the time of possession, control some of the line of scrimmage. I like Oklahoma State plus points, plus five and a half, undefeated on the season, going to Texas, who I think has a little bit of a hangover after losing a game they should have won last week against OU. Give me Oklahoma State plus five and a half. Mike Gundy and Jim Knowles have had two weeks to prepare for Texas. They were off last week. uh, Gundy's also had Texas's number the past decade, it seems like. Um, Also, I know what it's like to lose the Red River rivalry and what that atmosphere is like in Norman. It is, it's, it's, it's like a, it's going to class is depressing. Yeah. Like it, you can, everyone's hung over Th- from it. Everyone, that's how the Texas you, kids are feeling this you week. You know that has to like emanate to the football mm-hmm. team. Like, so because of that, because I'm not 100% sure how uh, Steve Sarkeesian will handle it, rally yeah. his troops. Um, and Oklahoma State, there's blood in the water for them. Uh, they have a great ta- they have great tape to watch. They've seen Texas lose twice. Um, I like Oklahoma State. You giving me five and a half points uh, for a, and they have a great defense. So I, I I like Oklahoma State plus five and a half. Packs and Bigs, over to you. Oklahoma State has beat a combined five teams this year by thirty four points. That is a margin of victory of less than seven points. And they've played teams like Missouri State and Tulsa. They beat Boise State by one point in a game they shouldn't have won. They beat Kansas State at home with Skylar Thompson out. And they beat Baylor, their best win of the season, at home. And Baylor looked meh in that game. Didn't look that good. I think Texas comes out in Austin mad about what happened last week. And I think they beat Oklahoma State like a drum. I think Austin, Texas right now is the scariest place in the world to be this Saturday. Because Oklahoma State's going to go in there with their middling offense, 23 points against Missouri State, 28 points against Tulsa. And Texas is very upset. They should have won that game against Oklahoma. They should have. Casey Thompson threw for five touchdowns. B.J. Robinson ran for over 130 yards rushing. I think B.J. Robinson runs for over 200. Casey Thompson throws for four touchdowns. And they wax the fuck out of Oklahoma State in Austin. Wow. Okay. So you like Texas to cover and Texas by a big margin. Oh, yeah, they cover five and a half. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. So you're in line with Dalton that you think this game gets ugly. I don't think it's by 32, but I think it's by like 20. I mean, if B. John Robinson runs for over 200 and Casey Thompson throws another four touchdowns, it's going to get ugly. It is. It's going to get ugly. Trent and I disagree. There's two ways that game can go for Texas. They can have a little hangover or they can come out pissed off, as Paxson Big said. Uh, But those are our picks for the week. Play along with us at home. See how you do. We'll be posting these out for everyone to see. Uh, Once again, we thank you for tuning in to the All College Football Podcast. Until next week. See ya. See ya.